This is the Comic Chaos Podcast, episode 42. I'm Jaden. I'm Dakota. I'm Matt. We're just a couple of everyday guys trying to become better versions of ourselves. Welcome to our conversation. Because <laughs> the world is chaos. Show or feel no nervousness, anger, or other strong emotion. Complete disorder or confusion. We're not only training our, you know, our defensive mindsets, we're also working you know, in our spiritual lives and trying to make ourselves better human beings. Welcome back to the Common Chaos Podcast, episode 42. How you guys doing? Good. How you doing? Good. I'm living. Living? Any life updates? Mm-hmm. Put up the Christmas tree. Ooh. Matt is in the holiday mood, and it's just kind of weird. Yeah, well, we're not there yet at my house. We, we ordered a second Christmas tree, though. Oh, yeah? Yeah, apparently we're doing two now. I don't know. Ooh. Don't you have a live one? Like a real one? No, we only did that one year just because we felt like we should. Dude, that's such a pain. Yeah, it, never, yeah that's what we realized. Like, the whole experience, like, going and getting it and stuff, that was so much fun. And then needles fall twice. Yeah. You have to clean up needles twice a day, every day for, like, over a month. I'm pretty sure like, I cleaned them up at your house one time. You probably did. Plus, um, plus, me and my dad are allergic to them, so, like, you can't breathe. Yeah, I, I've never had a real Christmas tree. It's. I mean, it. I, I. I don't think I wouldn't tell you like not to go try it out one time, but like I don't for me, think, one time was it smells funny. Good. Yeah, it like, does smell good. I. I was at your house enough when you had a real Christmas tree that I don't feel like I'm missing out. The, the experience of going and cutting one's kind of. It's kind of cool. Okay. Yeah. I've never I, done I, that. I have to give it that. Like that was fun. Like if I could do it for other people, I would. You probably like, can. I, well, you, I guess you probably can. That's definitely someone's job. Um. Any. Oh, actually, today Matt was like, "Hey, we recording tonight." And then we were all like, oh, yeah, sure. And he goes, my halls are decked, and I'm ready to bake some cookies. <laughs> we did. And I, we was, baked I cookies. was in immediately like when they I were read hit. that. Yeah, there's only what, three left? Two. I ate the one. Yeah. Um, anything else? Anything that, Dakota, you've been going hunting? I've been hunting. We're, we, today was day two of rifle. Um, I, I've, I've seen plenty of things in the first two days so far, but I'm, I'm after one and one in particular, we've nicknamed him One-Eyed Willie. If you've ever watched The Goonies, you know One-Eyed Willie. But, um, yeah, this is this is one older big buck. We can't tell if he's like five and a half or six and a half, so he's definitely not good eating at all, but he's got a, ni- he's got a nice rack. <laughs> he, yeah, so that's, showed, that's what we're after. You showed a picture, and he's got a really wide rack. Yeah, like his main point's up at the front. It didn't do this at the end of last year, we noticed, but this year they kind of like started curling in, so like mm-hmm. he's old. He's showing his age. And he moves like a grandpa. <laughs> Ooh, there's no pep in that step. That's an easy shot, then. But well, it's a very easy shot. But I'll tell you what, there's if you ever see him, right? There's been like, I think I think now three deer we've seen that we've had around all year, and they're all half racks now. All legal deer they were. Huh. Now they're all That's half racks. Crazy. Willie just come and beat them up. Oh, oh you really? think it was him? Absolutely. Huh. He's got a swollen eye out of nowhere. Oh. You know, and three deer now have half racks and. Some of them limp, and he limps. So I know they're all fighting. Huh. So, which means your best bet to find him 
get some Rattlers. Oh. Yeah, that's what I I, I, I was idea. thinking today. I was like, man, I wish I had the old grunt. Yeah. I wish I had to. I can come out. I got one in my backpack. I don't want you to come crap your you pants. I don't I don't need you standing outside my, my new hunting blind crapping yourself <laughs> trying to call in deer. I don't I mean it it may work. <laughs> wait, 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 okay, I'll have a real note though. I don't you don't hunt much, do you? I mean I used to, but not anymore. Okay. I just hope, if, okay, but I have, uh, have you ever got yourself in the situation where you like you're ready to shoot this deer but it won't stop like slow walking so you're trying to get the stop yes what do you do what do you do yeah (laughs) literally i i don't i don't know how to like make an actual like ground so i just go (laughs) (laughs) and almost every time they stop and turn and then there's my shot so in archery (laughs) that's a very normal thing right it is because Because, like you you don't have anything like yeah yeah and you have to be really close to them right and i remember the first year i ever went archery hunting i had an eight point he was 15 yards from me i was like oh i got this easy shot i'm gonna get it and he does the slow walk thing i went ah, ah. Too well. and i started no no, no. i started i started screaming I'm like hey like i stopped making the noises and i eventually just started screaming hey hey stop and he just kept he just kept walking he wasn't even scared of me yelling and i, I couldn't get the shot that's what this deer is a video i have on my phone of him Dad was picking up leaves with the mower, and he was like 20 yards from us. That's okay. crazy. He doesn't care at all. Hmm. <clears throat> was not concerned. So, anyhow. Um, well, I didn't get to give my life updates. Nobody wants your life <laughs> You got a life update? Yeah, I'm playing hockey. Oh, that's oh, right. Okay. I'm, playing, I'm playing ice hockey with my dad starting January. What's your team? You're going to get I have beat. no idea. You're gonna you get don't beat. even know what team you're playing on? No. Well, you're not going to the purse. <laughs> Um, no, it, it's not even like a league yet. It's more like adult classes. Oh, they're okay. they're teaching us how to okay. play, and then we can join like a rec league. I get you. I get you. You're you're in the D league here. I'm gonna mm-hmm. come and watch you get pummeled. I think it's pummeled. I'm, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna make you take an English test. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I I think it's gonna be really fun. <laughs> He's so defeated. <laughs> I knew we should just kept your life up. <laughs> Anyhow, no wait. I have something I want to tell Dakota because he'll appreciate it, but you didn't. All right. Um, I uh, bought jerseys today. What kind of jerseys? I bought two jerseys from Barstool Sports. Oh. I, one that's embroidered and it has the Spit and Chicklets logo oh, on it. Oh, that's sick. And then oh, another. I didn't, I didn't appreciate that. No, you didn't at like, all. I was um, like, cool. <laughs> and then the other one, it has. The big Barstool logo on it, it's white and then red, white, and blue accents all over it with the Barstool logo, like stars and stuff. And then the third one I bought, which is for me, the other two, I'm going to hand them to my dad and say, pick the one you want. Yeah, this is Christmas gift. Um, But the other one that I bought is for me, and it's the Mighty Ducks jersey, like the original. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It's the original Conway jersey with like the ugly duck on it, green, purple, and yellow. sick. Yeah, I'm really excited. Dude, wait, okay, so I I know we're all like you know like screw government or whatever, but I, does anybody else buy into buy into Black Friday? Because I do, I do. I don't give. I don't give. I went Black Friday. I bought did these. You? I bought these sweatpants on anything, Black Friday. Did, did we get anything like good? I think it's all a, a big joke as to all these yeah. deals that you can get when everything's normally priced, except for like a handful of stores and stuff. But like right. for the most part, everywhere I went, it's like same. There's no special deals deals here. I got five dollars off these sweatpants. You want to you want to know the, my big banger deal I got, which was technically an online order, but it was. Yeah. Oh, so, I got good Cyber Monday deals. Yeah, yeah. What? You, you want to know my big one? Yeah. AR trigger. 
Oh, really? Oh, no the way. Top of the line, Geisley. No way. Always, always $240. Never seen these things on sale in my oh. entire life. They're cheaper than like those cheap little CMC triggers. Yeah. Oh, I, I got it for one more dollar after tax and shipping than a CMC trigger normally is. That's and this sweet. is this is like top of the line stuff. That's nice. It's supposed to be here like Tuesday. I had to sign the thing saying I was okay with like up to five weeks for shipping. <laughs> and then the next morning, like literally I think it was like 4.30 the next morning. It was like, your order is shipped. That's awesome. I'm like, what? Are you yeah, working at one thirty in the morning? <laughs> I'm excited. To I got see I got a bunch of online deals. It doesn't look anything good at all. I don't think deals exist in the stores anymore. And I, I t- don't think they do either in the stores. Matea asked except me except for like the bundles, maybe. Yeah, like Matea asked me to go deals. shopping. She was like, "It's Black Friday. I can get stuff for cheap." And I, and I explained it to her. I was like, yeah. "There are things that are on sale that you could get for a really good price." But 95% of the things you're going to see are not on sale and you're not getting you for almost, a good price. It's kind of weird to say you almost have to do your homework on it. To Absolutely. Because like, that's that's like with this trigger. Like I've been wanting to get an AR trigger forever. But like I was like, you know, it's not really something like I need need. It's just something I'd like. Mm-hmm. And like it's not something I could justify spending two, you know, for that one $240 for. I was like, holy crap. But whenever yeah. I seen it for that price, I was like, Psh. Well, that, that Matea bought two things on Black Friday when we went. She wanted to go to Ross Park Mall, so I took her. She bought two things and spent $70. And then when I handed her the receipt, she was like, what? I was like, what are you talking about? And she was like, why was this so much? I was like, because that's how much it costs. And she's like, but it's Black Friday. That's not how it works. That was like every year, every year at American Eagle, they'd be like, if you spend $100, you get a free blanket. Mm -hmm. And every year, you know, everybody's trying to get that blanket. So like you could go in for like a sweatshirt or two, get out 50, 60 bucks or something, you know. Stuff's like whatever, some kind of discount, but then you see this big pile of blankets staring yeah. at you, and you're like, "I need the blanket." <laughs> that's exactly what Kylie did. I I've never she done had that. gift cards, though, so at least she didn't have to uh, do. She didn't have to. Do I got a lot of really money. good deals on hockey equipment, though. That like you got like pads and everything, though. Like, yeah. You like full blown legit. Yeah. Oh, like I got. You gonna wear your mighty duck jersey? To Absolutely. <laughs> that's why I bought them. Um. No, I I got uh. Shin guards, helmet, and elbow pads today. That the uh, the helmet is like a hundred and eighty bucks, and I got Holy it for crap. like seventy. That's not bad at all. Yeah. What brand is it? CM- CCM. Yeah, yeah. My oh, my yeah. chest, my chest and shoulders are CCM. My pants are C- like my actual padded pants mm-hmm. are CCM. Um, CCM at least you look the part. Yeah. Right. Well, I wanted I mean, to get stuff fashion that over function. My dad has like a, a black and red chest rig, a blue and black pants, and all blue elbow pads and neon green shoulder or shin pads. And I was like, dude, neon you look green. stupid. <laughs> he thinks he's in the 70s or something. Yeah, so I'm buying all color match stuff because I'm OCD and it would well, kill no, me. I, mean, I understand that. Yeah. yeah. Except for my purple, green, and yellow jersey. That's okay. That's <laughs> yeah. okay. That's iconic. It's, you got you to go yeah, with the Mighty that's Ducks. Iconic. All right, I got nothing left. What are we What are we talking about, Matt? Um, <coughs> continuing into uh, Exodus, I am down to chapter thirty three here, and I have made it to chapter fourteen. Jeez, man, slow progress. Um, but I stalled out on thirty three because I found it really interesting. So that's kind of what I was hoping we could talk about a little bit today, and we watched. A half an hour long sermon on chapter 33 prior to recording here. So that's what we were looking to debrief today. Um, so I don't really have anything in particular on the agenda, but 
um, there's a couple things that we wanted to talk on. But the, the general idea of Exodus 33 here, just to give a little bit of background before we dive into it, um, were or was whenever Moses was on, what was it, Mount Sinai? And then he was, or is that right? Sinai was the Ten Commandments, pretty sure, yeah. Okay, well, he Moses ended up leaving camp, anyhow. And whenever he came back, um, the Israelites were worshiping the golden calf mm -hmm. um, rather than, obviously, it's a false idol. So um, God ended up um, kind of freaking out in a sense, and he was really upset. Um, he didn't want to move forward with his presence inside of or with his presence with the israelites but moses convinced him to stick around essentially Long so story. so the israelites were worshiping a golden calf god got mad said i'm no longer with you yeah moses convinced them hey you should stay yeah okay cool um so where chapter 33 starts out is the lord saying to moses depart and go up from here you and the people whom you have brought out from the land of egypt which is interesting because God doesn't say, like, bring, depart from here, take take my people and depart from here. He says, your people, Moses, that you brought out of Egypt, get them out of here. Like, they're not my people. This is they're your, your circus, they're your monkeys. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's... Hmm. I, never, and it, I never thought about that. The reason I think it's interesting is because Moses didn't want to do it initially anyway. Mm -hmm. right. God was like, no, dude, you're doing it. Yeah. And this now is, God's like, nah, baby. this is your dude. Yeah. From the get-go, he was like, this is your baby. Right. <laughs> Which I, I think God's sarcasm is actually really funny a lot of times. Really yeah. Um, and it says, And I will send my angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanite and the Amorites and the Hittites and the whatever, and the Jebusites. Um, go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go up in your midst, lest I consume you on my way, for you are a stiff-necked people. So, I... It, <laughs> Wait, is that where yours ends? Yeah. The stiff-necked people. You want to yeah. know what NIV says? What? Because it gets dark fast. What? At the end of that verse. When verse 3 says, Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go with you, because you are a stiff-necked people, and I might destroy you on the way. <laughs> <laughs> really? That's what the NIV says. <laughs> like, it gets dark. That's kind of what that guy said that we were listening to. Yeah, well... And God is pretty much telling Moses, like, you better take them. I'm going to kill them. I'm leaving, because if, if I have to be with them, I might murder them. Well, it's, it elaborates on that in the Does next it, verse. Do these lights get any brighter? Yes. You just want me to light? Yeah, yeah go flick yeah. that okay. up. Um, Instead of using your flashlight. And it says, for, for the Lord had said to Moses, Say to the children of Israel, You are a stiff-necked people. I could come up into your midst in one moment and consume you. Now, therefore, take off your ornaments that I may know what that I may, that I may know what to do to you. So, God's, God's pretty pissed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, he is. Like, He's he's led these he's done so much for these people and given them so much and provided for them while they were out in the desert and all these things and now he's like all right I pretty much give up. I mean honestly, rightfully so too because like like he said you got to think of everything right. First of all, you got out of Egypt like step one for me I feel like that's enough mm -hmm. you know you know and then they're like oh, I'm hungry I'm thirsty he's like all right smack a rock you'll get your food and water yeah. and it's like yay we're full and then it's like. Eh. Again, like five minutes later, they're pissed again at God. It's like, what do you want them to do? It's like, shut up. I don't know what the timeline is here. 
as to how, how long in between all of these different events this actually I don't is. Know give me really. give me a couple weeks and I'll be able to tell you because the guy mm-hmm. that I'm listening to is getting to that. He talks about the like timelines. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're, like what I'm listening to is geography a lot of time. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. I'm listening like he, cultural studies. Yeah, he's explaining where exactly all of the landmarks that the book of exodus talks about and how long it takes to get to each place and if they could have made it in the time that the bible says and how it would happen and it's pretty interesting the thing that i find interesting the most is that moses is used as a mediator between the israelites and god and it seems like moses um um, it's almost like, in a sense, God plays like good cop, bad cop with Moses in like, okay, I'm going to provide for these people. And then they lose trust and lose faith in God. And then he gets mad and he's like, all right, I'm done with you. And then Moses comes back and pleads the case and gets the Israelites back on track. And, and this is a reoccurring theme through mm-hmm. Exodus. It continues to keep on happening where God's like, all right, I'm done. Also, if you remember... It was Moses who God was going to kill while he was in the process of getting them from the Israelites. We talked about that yeah. a few episodes ago. So, like, an interesting way to think God's about like it. That's like bipolar. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, an interesting way to think about it is so I don't remember where I heard this, but to the Israelites, they had Moses and Aaron, who were kind of like the dual leadership. And before that, Israel only had one leader at a time. When Moses and Aaron took over, Moses be- kind of became the politician leader, hmm. and Aaron was the religious leader, hmm. and because Aaron's line became the priests, hmm. and Moses, his line didn't really become anything. It's hmm. an interesting way to think about that. Yeah, so Mo- Moses was kind of the politician between the Israelites and God, and the Israelites and the other nations kind of trying to take him over and stuff. Like the liaison, mm-hmm. in a sense. Huh. Interesting thought. Um, but something that I find interesting is that Moses is the mediator here. And you hear a lot of people talk about, like, um, maybe there's still hope for... I, I hate whenever people bring, like, politics into religion. It drives me nuts. But um, I wasn't trying to bring it in. I'm just... No, 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 no. Not not you. I'm oh, saying, like, in general... Okay, okay. Pe- um, this, this is a different point. I'm shifting gears. Um how people talk about like maybe God still like has maybe God still sees seeks provision over the United States and like like uh, not now that Biden is president or whatever maybe if we wait a few years God will still God is still there to protect us and stuff like that and but like hey if we can get Trump back in office or something maybe God will Maybe God will turn things back around and put Trump back in office. That that drives me nuts. But think, like, I something... think it's a dumb mindset. <laughs> it is a very dumb mindset. I agree. Um, but anyhow, um, I find it interesting how Moses is constantly pleading the case of the Israelites and asking for forgiveness for them and grace. But the United States is a people. We don't really have a, a mediator or anybody like pleading our case. And if God was willing to give up on the Israelites, who's to say God hasn't really given up on the United States as a whole? Jesus is our mediator. Yeah, that's the problem. Oh, um, yeah. but you're, you're an Old Testament. Yes, author. I am. Yeah, you've been yeah, reading so much right. of the Old you've Testament. Yeah, I'm getting stuck. You've been reading Genesis and Exodus for the past three months. You forgot Jesus. That was the thing. Jesus is the is the mediator. That's like the whole point. Um, that's but what I will say Good is, 
in the New Testament, it talks about everyone that is put in the position of power above us was put there by God, whether it be good, whether it be bad, he was, he or she was put there by God. And I we, don't get that. Man. We that are, one's hard to wrap your mind around. It is, but, but we are to obey and respect their orders. And, and it specifically mentions slaves when it talks about that. Know, it says crazy. slaves obey your masters, even though you're a slave. Like, that is crazy. And so when, when people start talking about that, well, let's just, if we get this guy in president, this is the guy that God wants in office. It's like, well, no, God put, who God wanted in office. What, like hmm. every person has a time and a place to be doing what they're doing. God put them there. You just need to stop complaining. I would like the context behind that that entire sentiment that you just shared. Like I, I, I'm looking. You mean for, like read the verse? Not the verse. I'm talking about like read the whole Bible through <laughs> until you get to it. Because like to, like I, I was listening to some pastors talk about like okay so because I'll listen to a lot of sermons on these specific chapters and like. They'll be like, okay, well, we need to give you a little bit of background on how we got here. So if we're going to cover chapter 37, I'm going to give you a little bit of background from chapter 36. And I'm like, okay, I have... I need background from uh, Genesis. Yeah, I have read from Genesis up to Exodus now. And if you didn't start out at like late Genesis, you don't have nearly enough background as to what's going on by the time you get like late into Exodus. Yeah. I I don't remember. When did you leave Evangel Heights? Um, after 10th grade right yeah after 10th grade yeah. um i i remember them always beating it into our heads that context is key and which i never understood then I, well yeah but i understood it to the point of let's make sure we read the verse before and the verse right, after to right, see right, what right, the verse right, means right, yeah. yeah and yeah, like read the chapter before and I, i'm 100 with you where it's like I need the context of the whole story before I can... I can't understand Jesus without the Old Testament, so we're going to have to read through that whole <laughs> yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. But the my context of the whole sentiment that I shared is... like The way that I interpret it is worry about what you can control. Don't worry about what's not in your control. If... if the, like, who who's the, the president? Who Whoever is in office, I can't... Like, I can vote. I could do all those things. But all those things that mean nothing. But I can't really necessarily control anything that's happening there. Oh, there's one way. To vote? No, no, no. no. Oh, to storm the Capitol? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say nobody vote and go point, shove a gun down someone's throat. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. We're done, we're done, we're done. But uh, for legal reasons, that was just a joke and nothing serious. Didn't that guy just get arrested? Yeah. The guy that stormed the Capitol in the hordes and stuff? No, I don't know. Yeah, he did. Okay, whatever. Um, but I can't control those things, so I don't worry about them. Yeah. I only actually worry about the things that I can control in my own life. Yeah, That's the way that I look at that. Where, and you, tie, you could tie that into the verse that everybody uses in every sermon ever. Don't, the birds of the air don't worry about what they'll yeah. eat or yeah. drink. Why should you worry about anything? Mm-hmm. But that, that's how I look at it. You can't control who's in office, so don't 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 freak out yeah. about it. Just do your thing. Mm-hmm. Ride it out, brother. Yeah. If you don't like it, just dig with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So anyhow, bouncing back to this, um, <clears throat> uh, I'm gonna bounce back to verse three because I want to go over that again. So he says, "Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go up in your midst, lest I consume you on the way, for you are a stiff-necked people." So. Oh, so you're. Your verse says it. Your verse just says it backwards to how Dakota says it. 
Wait, what verse? He says, I will consume you for you are a stiff-necked people. And then your verse says, you are a stiff-necked people, lest I may destroy you. Yeah, 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 actually. Yeah, yours just says it backwards to what his says. Right, so <clears throat> God's kind of losing hope, it seems like, with the Israelites. At least that's how I interpret it. But bouncing down to verse 6 now. So the children of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments by Mount Horeb. Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp far far from the camp and called it the tabernacle of meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. So it was whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle that all the people rose and each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that the pillar of clouds, that a pillar of cloud. Dis- a? Is it A or the? The, sorry. That the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses. This is the, this is the part that I think is really cool. All the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose and worshipped, each man in his tent door. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend, and he would return to the camp. Oh, my eyes are going bad. He would return to the You're 22 years old. He would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. Okay, so. Wait, how do you spell Nun? Yeah, I'm stopping How do you spell Nun? Is it N U N or N O N E? It is N U N. Okay, so it's the person's name. Yes, I believe so. I thought it was saying the son of no one. Oh, no, 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 no. So, what happened there? God was mad at his people. He's like, okay, that's it. I'm done. You're stiff-necked people. I'm not going with you anymore. Um, the children of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments, all of their possessions. And um, I I think that that means all of the things that they took from Egypt whenever they departed. And, and, w- and when they say when we say took, it's not necessarily like they stole it from Egypt. God told them to ask the Egyptians yes. for all their silver and gold items. And then the Egyptians pretty much handed it to them right. and said, get out. Right. Um, so... Also, I think that ornaments means the things that they were using to worship other gods and idols and things like that. Can you Google definition of ornaments? I can do that. Also, can we um, explain what pillar of cloud is? Because that so, doesn't that doesn't well make... he he hasn't been doing the it, yeah. Exodus study so he doesn't understand yeah, what it is. I don't know what that is. The pi- so when when the Israelites set off to make their way to Canaan, God said that he's going to show them the way through a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire during the night. So the pillar of cloud that was showing them the way went above Moses's tent when uh, Moses's tent became okay. the quote unquote temple. So it's showing God's presence going with Moses still. Yeah. And an interesting thing that I'm the guy, I haven't finished it, so I don't really know what the conclusion is. Uh, but the guy that I'm listening to, he's talking about the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire but then it also it talks about how the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire are a symbol of god's presence and then later on it says also with the pillar of cloud this is when they're crossing the red sea or the sea because there's debate on whether it's the red sea or not but i won't get into that yet um when, when they're crossing the sea the pillar goes from before them to behind them and it says, with the pillar was the angel of the Lord. So there were two entities there that they, they, they physically saw, 
was the angel and the pillar. So this is interesting because you don't really think about it. And yeah, you, it's, weird. it's not something that you think about when you read, but the guy that was talking about it, he said it, and I was like, hmm. It is weird. Okay, so I have the ornament thing, um, which, I mean, we are basically right, but um, I'll read. Oh, excuse me. Um, oh, you're forcing me, aren't you? Mm. You know how many of these cookies I've eaten? I just wanted to, I just wanted to finish the cookies off before. I know. Okay, now that I have cookie in my mouth. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe you kind of screwed me up there. Um, someone's chewing in the mic and I can hear it in my me, headphones it's me I'm trying to hurry up here I'm sorry I shouldn't have been taking a bite okay so okay this isn't this is not bible verse I'm just reading an explanation just to be clear um, the actions of the Israelites had major consequences for themselves and the generations to come the jewelry or ornamentation itself signified a tie back to Egypt before they had left Egypt they had been able to convince their masters that the things would go better for them if they gave the Israelites their gold. And so, in many ways, they had escaped with much of the treasury of Egypt. Therefore, when Moses was up on the mountain and they chose to make a golden calf to worship, they were really looking backwards toward Egypt for their salvation. They were using the gold they got from Egypt to create the calf. So, they... They started off by saying, hey, if we have these things, it's going to remind us not to go back to that. And then the exact opposite thing happened where no. they went right back to it with the exact thing they said would help them. So the, that that is... The thing that's interesting, though, is God was the one that told them to take it. Right. Well, the other thing is that maybe God told them to take it because this was going to happen down the road. And he wanted to use this as an example. I'm thinking that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really, really like crazy. He <sighs> set them up. You want to know why you can't see anything? Your glasses yeah, I know, are I know, I know. royally effed. Well, yeah, yeah. I know. Wow. I know. They're dirty. Oh my gosh, dude! Yeah. They're like white. They're not clear. They're white. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. Right. I can see it off the lamp in the corner. It's okay. Um, but yeah, that's <laughs> just. He just kept saying it's all right. It's okay. It's all right. They're always like that. Um, I don't know how you can live with yourself like that. So I. <clears throat> I think that that goes back to us talking about how God uses imperfect. I, I think that like we obviously God has a plan and he, and he has an exact roadmap as to where things are headed down the road. Predestination? <laughs> Get out. <laughs> I don't I don't see I don't know a whole lot about that. Which would be interesting to that's learn. That's its own about. rabbit hole. Hey, you just keep you keep doing what you're doing, and you'll get there. Yeah, okay. that's a rabbit hole in itself. Okay, um, but something that we talked about during the last, um, or something that I wanted to bring up was that inside of that sermon that we were listening to, he talked about the the guy that we listened to talked about how the gateway to a true revival. And a true restoration is repentance and grief. The restart. Just so, just so I can the get gate, it again. The gateway to a true revival and a true restoration is repentance and grief. And like that. it's it was an interesting quote. That's why I wrote it down. But I, I think that um, inside of his inside of his talk, he talked about. Um, how everyone, how you can have an experience and you can, you can feel God and you can feel bad about something that you did or you can feel bad about sin. Thanks. But, yeah, thanks, but in, the, in, in, in the long run, 
Um, if you don't change your ways or you don't turn around from what you were originally doing, it means pretty much nothing. Yeah. It, all it was was an experience and a feeling. So something that um, – something inside of verse – Dakota cannot be any louder in, right Inside now. of verse 4 – Inside of verse 4, he says, um, When the people heard the bad news, they mourned, but no one put on his ornaments. So so there was a repentance because yes. they didn't put the ornaments back on, and they, they were grieving for the loss of God. Right, and it classifies it as bad news whenever God says, Go to the land of milk and honey, but I won't go in your midst. They said, And when the people heard this bad news, they mourned. And no one put on his ornaments. So they're extremely like taken back by everything that was going on, obviously. Because, uh, since since Moses got to Egypt to take them out of Egypt, God has not left them. And they, they have been in the presence of God that entire time. Mm -hmm. So then and they've been messing up the whole time. Mm -hmm. They've been dumb, bad, doing stupid stuff the entire time. Mm -hmm. And so when this final thing happened and God was like, I'm I'm not coming with you. Like, I'm fed up. I'm done. They were like, oh, crap. Like, we actually messed up this time. Right. And <clears throat> showing that they grieved and showing that they didn't put their ornaments back on and things like that shows that true repentance. And that's whenever I think they're really ready to turn around. <clears throat> and in verse 6, it says, The children of Israel stripped themselves, from, stripped themselves of their ornaments by Mount Horeb. So they didn't put them back on. They grieved. They strip themselves of their ornaments. So that pretty much shows a complete turnaround from whenever, from what they were doing. And then as you continue, it talks about how Moses, um, Moses entered into the, into the tabernacle. And then people saw the pillar of the cloud standing or yes, the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door. And then everybody got in front of their tents and worship. So it's a complete 180 from what they were originally doing. And it seems like they're back on track now, but my thing is, what happened? Like, what was the thing that actually clicked in their heads? You know what it was? Like, we messed up. I think it was it, God it, saying, I'm done. You know what it was? Yeah, it was the, God, you know, God, you know what God did? He pulled the, I'm not mad, I'm disappointed card. And you're like, oh. <laughs> that's exactly yeah, like kind of what happened. Huh. Yeah, I guess. It, it's just. I think it's a little bit deeper than that, but like, that is what happened. Yeah, I guess the way I'm thinking about it is me being one of these people sitting there what was the conversation like like was moses standing in front of the crowd and he was just speaking this like what what happened because like when you think about it in life for something like that to happen something has to happen mm -hmm. so like what the, did did that thing look like i don't know i mean it does you know say that like, god told you? moses like hey like tell them like you, like you screwed up. Like I, I'm, I'm about ready to like kill you off. Yeah. So like I don't know if he like formally like stood up or like and like you know like addressed them like as a whole like you know gather around or like. <laughs> hear ye, hear ye. Yeah, I don't know if it was something like that or if it was just like maybe like Moses got done talking with God and he was like walking back through everyone like all all peeved and it was like yo what's going on like why why you look like that. You know, because, like, Moses is supposed to be, like, you know, the, the guy, the, the glue holding it together. Yeah. And it looks like their glue has melted into the dirt, and everyone's kind of like, oh, no, what happened to him? And then he's finally like, you know what? God said he's going to kill you if I don't fix it. Yeah. <laughs> the more that I think about Moses in Exodus, the more I think he was an old, disheveled, crazy man. 
<laughs> like, like if I was one of the Israelites and this crazy man just came to Egypt and was like, snake, <laughs> frogs, <Yeah. laughs> lice. Yeah. And then I have to like follow him. I Like just the more that I try and picture him, the more he is this old man, like his back is stuck, crunched over. And he's like, see, I don't see him like that at all. I do. I, I think I do. Really? Yeah. I see him as like this dude that is like very like, like soft spoken, but like has his act together. But he's not. Think, but he's not well spoken. I think he maybe started off sort of like that, and then like over the stressful times, he's. I see him as a super saying. tough old dude. This like hard nosed like. Well, I you don't do mess too. With him. I in his mind. I like his mindset is super tough. Yeah. Like I can't believe you people. Like we've we know the plan. Probably looks like a crack. But I though. think that he's just it, imagine the stress of this situation. Yeah. Like if if we take the numbers literal, he has a population of two point three million people that he is that are following. Him. Oh really? He has to pull them wow. through all of these lands that are full of war. They're always complaining. They're always complaining. They're starving. They're doing. But they things listen wrong. to him. They have respect because they got nothing. They got nothing else to do. Yeah, what else are they gonna do? Yeah. Well, I think they do respect him. Yes, but I think that, like that, the type of stress that that brings on a person. Like, just look at Obama. Remember, that man went great quick. Yeah. Do you remember his pictures from when he got uh, elected and when he got out of office? It looks like he aged fifteen years. Mm. Yeah, not eight. Moses was doing this for more than forty years, mm-hmm. and they kept doing the wrong things and making God mad. You know how stressful that would be? Yeah. So like I physically I see him just as a tired old man. Maybe not He probably wants to die. He's probably ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not decrepit and like leaning over with a cane, but I see him as a very tired old man. But I do think he's very headstrong, like you said. Yeah. But I think that the people, the mindset of the Israelites at this time was God is going to bail us out no matter what we do because he has every other time. Mm, right. that's, that's interesting. Yeah, they took it for granted. And so this time when they did the thing and they were like, oh, God's going to bail us out. God was like, I'm not coming back. Hmm. Then they were like, oh, shoot. That's actually a really interesting point that you just made. How, And I didn't even really make that connection until you just said it. So they they have like this idea in mind that God's always going to give us grace. So why should we even really respect him at this point? Mm-hmm. Where was I headed with this? Oh, that was a lot of connections I just made and I lost them. <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> so they, they have had a lot of grace up to this point and they're like, okay, we're in, I mean, we, we, we do the exact same thing. Absolutely. So we, we do the exact same thing where we have like a connection with God and then like we get busy in life. I mean, essentially doing exactly like the, you can connect this to exactly like what we do every day. I get busy with work or I get busy with something else in my personal life. And then I get further and farther away from my daily devotions and things like that. I did. A, and the exact same thing's happening here. Yeah. I, that I never even really made a connection with. I'm, I literally do the exact same thing that they're doing. God continues to give me grace. But I think that is why this was the last straw. And this is why in verse seven, it says Moses took his tent. I, so this this is how. I, let me read this first, then I'll explain to you how I see it. Um, Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the Tabernacle of Meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the Tabernacle of Meeting, which was outside the camp. I, I see what you're seeing. 
He's like he, he's he's like pissed. He comes he's, down he's from stomping. the mountain. He he throws his freaking tent over his shoulder and he's like marching and he's like I am getting. So he definitely wasn't gathering people. He was doing the marching through right. the crowd. All yeah. He's pouting. He's pouting. Muttering noises. He's, 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 he's moron. I don't think it's pouting. I think so. He comes down from the mountain after talking with God. Yeah. And then he sees this happening, and then he has to go talk to God again. And he's like, "Dude, what, what, I don't know what they just did, but yeah. they did it." And God is like, "Okay, uh, I'm done, so it's on you now." Yeah. And so he he stomps down the mountain. Freaking God can't even handle him. How am I supposed to? Yeah. And he throws the, he throws the tent over his shoulder, and he marches out of camp and sets his tent up out of camp, muttering to himself and the entire way. I think that that. Right, that right there gives me the vision of what happened. Imagine every time you messed up, Moses and God were like, it's okay, we're going to pull through it. And then this time, Moses says, God gave up on you. And then Moses marches out of camp. Yeah. At that they're, moment. They're all standing there looking at each other like, oh. Yeah, they, they actually, it that, says that, they Yeah, that's what they do. Right. You know, that's right. how I'm seeing it. At that moment, they're all like, oh, crap. Yeah. Which way do we go then? <laughs> Which they're extremely scared of losing God's presence. And that's why it talks about them. Uh, what's it say? Stick neck people. Oh, so whenever they got this bad news, they mourned. So they were extremely upset to lose God's presence. So to see, to hear that God is going to leave them, and that makes them sad. And then to see Moses storming his way out of the camp and setting something else up. It goes on to say that each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. And so everyone's far. watching. I think everyone's watching him just storm off. Yeah. Because like he's, he's just absolutely <laughs> yeah, leaving them. Gone. And They're it, says, like, it says he went far <laughs> out of the camp. Yeah. Which is interesting. Very interesting how like he didn't even want to be. That, that is the reason, tying back into our hiking episode or whatever, that is the reason that I like to go through that seclusion in that distance inside of like the wood is getting completely away from society and all the bs that we're bombarded with every day that's why i like doing i, that I think that right there is now your it's a sermon that's your sermon yeah you like your sermon is reading this talking about how pissed off moses was because his people were kept doing it and that's why you like disconnect and how we need to disconnect yeah like seriously write that down you ever have to give a sermon that's an easy one right there <laughs> I'm yeah, not, no, I'm that's good. Not joking. I connect dots like that, and I write them down immediately. I have a list of sermons like that. <laughs> it's. A, I think it's very important that when you connect dots like that, you think, "How would I teach a lesson on this?" <laughs> and and the reason that I connected the uh, the people with how did I say it? What what you what you. What I said, and you were like, that's a really good point. How did I say it? How the people were just, like, taking God for granted. Oh, informal. Right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, so the reason that I connected the dots is because I actually gave a whole lesson on it at church camp. Mm. when I, Because I, I was the high school boys teacher. I gave, I gave them a whole lesson about how this whole week you're going to sit here and you're going to act like you're on fire for God. And God's going to do amazing mm. things in your life here while you're in his presence. But as soon as you go home, you're going right back to your normal routine. You're going to forget God. And he's not going to be there. Huh. And they, they, it was just very hard for them to wrap their heads around. But I, And then I explained it in the way that I think I've told you before. If you are not sitting with the Holy Spirit 
and talking to the Holy Spirit and listening for its voice, when it comes time for the Holy Spirit to tell you something important, you won't know what his voice sounds like. Hmm. And it's the same thing with this. They keep falling back and falling back and just expecting God to be there. But eventually, they're not even going to know who God is, which what that's pretty much what does happen. If, if you go forward a couple books into like judges and stuff, the generations through there, they don't even remember who the God Yahweh is. Hmm. So it's just, it's just interesting. Hmm. Yeah, so <clears throat> anyhow, bouncing back, bouncing a little bit forward now. Um, now, therefore, I pray. This is verse 13. If I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. So Moses is pleading for God to not. So think about this. So Moses is talking to God and he's surrounded by that cloud or the the cloud is there. The presence is definitely there Mm -hmm. and everybody's watching. I think, I think the cloud's kind of standing guard outside the front door. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's what it sounded like to me. Because well, how, how did it say that it, it? The cloud moved over the tabernacle or something like that. Yeah, whenever Moses went to the tunnel, people were... Uh, Stand, the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle <laughs> it door. It stay at the entrance is what mine says. The pillar of cloud will come down and stay at the entrance. Hmm. So it does seem like it's like, you know, like nobody else is coming in right now. Yeah. Hmm. So... Verses 12 and 13, Moses is pleading for the Israelites' case and asking for grace in God's sight. And then God says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. So God gives in, finally. Um, and, and then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will, will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. So the Lord said to, the Mo- to, said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. I think that God has a really close relationship with Moses, and I think Moses' words in his persuasion holds a lot of weight, more than like anyone else. Because... You mean to God? Yes. Yeah, okay. Because I think he's closer. I mean, obviously he's closer. In verse 11, it talks about um, God speaking to him like he's a friend. Mm -hmm. And I think that they have a really close, compatible relationship with each other. And I think that's why Moses is able to persuade. I mean, think about persuading God. Like he's literally the creator and you can persuade him to do something that you wanted to do. Like you have to have a pretty close relationship mm-hmm. with someone inside of the supernatural realm that we can't even comprehend to be able to like talk to him like a friend. Like think about how close yeah. Moses is to God. I, I can't even really like comprehend that. Really, Like that's mind yeah. blowing. To I me. think I think something interesting to keep in mind that I think a lot of people either mislook or don't think about it all ever is God in the Bible over and over again is looking for human connection. Hmm. He wants, and I heard, I heard someone say this, but God is just trying to build a celestial family. He, he, there's him, there's the angels. And then there was us. God wants us to coexist in Adam and Eve. Perfect example. God came down into the garden and he was living with Adam. He, he was walking around with Adam. And then 
here, right here, he talks to Moses. Or back in Genesis with Jacob, he was wrestling physically with Jacob. That might have been an angel, debatable, but right, he, he, he's friends with Moses. Mm-hmm. And then if you look, when Jesus comes, Jesus came down to become friends with people. Hmm. Like, if you even overlook the disciples, you take Mary Magdalene, for example. He went to their house and he ate lunch with them. He or or uh, what's his name? Zac- Zacchaeus. Tax, yeah, tax collector. Zacchaeus Whichever was a wee was. little man. Wee little yeah. man was he? He was like, "Hey, Zacchaeus, get out of the tree. I'm coming to your house for lunch." Like God yearns for the connection with people, but he can't. Like in the Old Testament, right here, he like in this moment, he can't be in the presence of all these people He's that never are just been human. Well, that, but he can't be in the presence of all of these people that are just disobeying everything he says. So the connection that he wants, he's getting with Moses because Moses is the one that's doing it. The one that's continually talking to him, continually doing what he's asked of. Well, if you look back at Moses's life, he wasn't. But right here in this chunk, he's doing what God is asking him to do. And it says that they're pretty much talking to each other like a friend. So it's very interesting to think what God wants from us is the companionship. Hmm. It is love and friendship, but we reject it constantly. Matt, what you said about like how Moses talking to God like that kind of like holds weight to him. Like for, I agree with you because verse 13 almost kind of seems like Moses is calling God out is, is really what it, what it, it sounds does. Like, like yeah. I, don't, I don't remember exactly what yours, your version said, but mine is, says, if you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. Like, <laughs> the, like you, you pick these people. Like, you started this. So if you don't want to deal with it, teach me how to deal with it because I'll do it. Cause hmm. That's kind of what it looks like to me. And then in 14, it says, the Lord replies, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. So he's mm. like, fine, I'll help you out, but you're still in charge of the rest of them. It's mm. kind of like it's compromised kind of almost. Yeah. But it's, it's very difficult to wrap your head around the actual <clears throat> character of God in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. He has a very weird story arc, I guess I'll call it. Where you really just used an anime term on me. It's not an anime term. It's an English term, you story arc? weeb. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> um, but... God, the the character that God is, it's hard to wrap your head around because he is so many different things and has all of these conversations with people that it's like, well, was he a bad person? Was he a good person? He murdered all these people, so he must be bad. But, oh, he had a good reason to murder all these people. But what is a good reason to murder people? Right. And you, you can't wrap your head around the fact None that... None of that makes sense at a quick glance. Ever. Yeah, not at all. And you, it's just so hard to understand that God knows all. What is good to us may not be good to him. And I think that right here, when you look at Moses and him arguing, M- Moses knows that he has no right to call God out because God is God. Moses knows that God is god like he is capable of all of it but at the same time moses has to be like listen we are human we suck we sin we have problems you made us though please don't give up on us Hmm. i think i think yes in a sense he's calling him out but i think in the other sense moses didn't really have the right to call him out 
Like like when it says yeah, when it says they were speaking to each other like a friend, I think we should look at it more like you're speaking to him as if he's your boss at work. Yes, you're friends and you're playful, but there is a sense of respect there you where you your you're boss yeah you're not crossing a line because it, it's God. Mm-hmm. So I, I think he yeah. it, it's kind of calling him out, but I don't think he's calling him out because I don't think Moses had the right to do so. I mean, it's not like not like calling him out like he screwed up or something like that. Yeah. Like, it isn't like that. It's just, it. I don't know. Like the part where he says, remember that this nation is your people. Mm-hmm. Like that's like, you know, like, hey, you like I said before, like you did this. Like you chose these people. So like, I mean, I don't know if you want to like tell God that he has to live with the consequences, but like that's that's kind of almost what it's make what it makes it sound like. I don't know if that's how he means it yeah. or if that's just like how it got translated or what, but like that's kind of what it sounds like he's saying. And I think that's why I'm trying to equate it with like a boss figure right. instead of just a, like me and you guys. I mean, if my boss tells me to do something stupid, which <laughs> happens often, I, I break it down and I'm like, listen, this is how this is going to work. This is how I'll do it. And this is how it's going to end up. And, and it's not going to be right. It's not going to be right. But if you still want me to do it, I will do it. I, I don't make decisions. That, to me, sounds exactly like what Moses just did. Yeah. And I, I what we do at work, we always point to our, our hard hats because they're yellow and the bosses are white. I'm like, you see this color? I don't make decisions. I'll just do whatever you tell me to do. I just want you to know it's not going to work out. <laughs> and it never does. Almost ever. I think that proves the point. I, I think yeah. that's a perfect example. <laughs> Moses was the ultimate yellow hat and God is the ultimate white hat. <laughs> yes. Sure. Still wasn't going to work out right, but he, for, he all, for all the blue collar listeners. <laughs> if you know, you know. So in verse, um, where are we at? Oh, we're at 17. Um, he says, So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. And he said, Please show me your glory. Then God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Who said that? God said God that. God says that, which is, which, which I mean, like, kind of seems like, duh, but, like, like, it's not very specific at all. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I'll forgive, you know, I'll forgive who I'm going to forgive, and I won't who is I want. Is he saying I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever I want? Like, Pretty is much. he being sassy? Pretty much. Like, so it kind of feels like the it. The first time we read that off podcast, I thought Moses said it. <laughs> no, God said it. Yeah, so that's... <laughs> I don't know. I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. What is it? Keep going. Maybe he's putting Moses back in his place here. I think he is. I think he is. (laughs) Keep going. Keep going. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. (laughs) I think think that's that's exactly what happened. So we, we just talked about how... He didn't really have a right to call God out, and then that, I feel like that's God telling him, "Dude, I'm gonna do what I want to do." I'll forgive you. He was like, "I I do forgive you, but you don't get to tell me who I know to forgive." You're under a lot of stress right now. And Shut up. Yeah, I think that's exactly what just happened. And I think he's kind of, sh- oh, you know, because Moses is asking to see God's glory, and well, Moses says that to him. He's kind of sassy to God. And then Moses asks, "Just one big sass conversation, isn't it?" I think I think it is. I, so Moses is like, 
kind of, like I said, being sassy to God. And then, and then Moses continues to ask to see God's glory. And I think this is where God really sits him down and puts him back in his place by saying, you like, I can't even show you my face. That's how high, that's how much higher above you I am. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is that what you guys are gathering? It is. is. Can you keep going from where Dakota stopped? And he said, please show me your glory. Then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. And he said, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, here is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock. So it shall be, while my glory passes by, that I will put you in the cleft of the rock, and will cover you with my hand while I pass by. What's a cleft? Like a crack? Like a crack. Yeah. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. And then it goes on to the Ten Commandments after that. And that's that's so chapter how did, 34. How did we get here? Because Moses was in the temple. I thought the Ten Commandments were given on the top of the mountain. Um, or is it not? Well, They're on a different mountain for this whole thing. Yeah, but it says Moses went into his tent. The pillar of cloud blocked the door, and then this whole conversation starts. Okay, so the literally thirty-four starts. Oh no! Oh yeah, go ahead. Thirty chapter thirty-four starts. The Lord said to Moses, "Chisel out two stone tablets like the first ones, and I will write on them the words that were on the first tablets which you broke." He's like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna redo this for you." Is pretty much what he says there. So, uh, verse two: Be ready in the morning. Oh, I forgot he Mount, broke them. Then come up on Mount Sinai. Present yourself to me there. On top of that mountain. No one is to come with you or be seen anywhere on the mountain. Not even in the flocks or herds that may graze the front of the mountain. So he's like... He's but like, nobody, ha- nobody is like on Moses' level, it sounds like. Right. That's what he is saying. Like, listen, we're going to restart. You're going to make the stones again. I'm going to put the words on it. You're going to come up to a different mountain. Leave these guys here. Is it a different mountain or is it the same? It, it's yes, because they're on Mount. What is it, Harab or whatever, Haran or whatever? And he that's, says, that's "Be ready, f- be ready in the morning. Then come up on Mount Sinai." So he's telling them to switch mountains. And he says, "Like present yourself to me there. No one is to come with you or be seen anywhere on the mountain. Not even in the flocks that graze at the front. Like not not even at the base of this mountain is anybody going to be. Like they're going to stay here and you're going to travel by yourself." And like that is like not up for debate is what it sounds like. He's like not even at the base of the mountain. Hmm. I just can't imagine. So like he's like he is saying like that Moses is on his own mountain here. Like as far as like the authority goes with God. Mm-hmm. Why is Moses able to connect so so well know. with God? Like how like I can't even like fathom being able to have that much connection. Maybe with... it's just God's choice. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's just how, it, how anything, it is. I don't think there's anything too special about Moses in this situation. I think it's just who he picked. He, he's, he's... It's not really fair. <laughs> Life's not fair. Welcome babe. to the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> Life's not fair. People die. Yeah. yeah. That's just, I don't know. It's crazy to think that he has that much connection with God and like nobody has that now. Yep. I mean, maybe people do. I just don't know about it, but like. Who uh, is going on top of mountains getting... Not like, talk- not like this. Yeah, so, like, where did that go? That's a big debate conversation that I don't know enough about. Um, I think a lot of it was lost with what we were talking about last week. We lost reverence. We lost respect for the things. 
Can we get it back? Well, okay, so I think it changed when Jesus came. Yeah. The the the, the, ty- the thing that you're looking at here in the Old Testament because I because you've been locked in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. You the New Testament kind of seems like a far away story because we've been locked in Genesis and Exodus. Mm-hmm. But when when Jesus came and he died, the whole thing was the Holy Spirit now lives in you. That is the peace of God you get to communicate with. Mm. Because God needs to separate himself from you because it hasn't worked any other time we've tried. Now we're going to try it this way. Mm. So I think you have to cultivate and spend time with and be in the presence of the Holy Spirit to get these things that you're thinking. Mm. And for you specifically... I don't think you know much about it. This like the Holy Spirit type thing because we've had conversations where I, I you're looking for it and I think you will get there, but as of right this second, I think that there there's a lot you have to learn about the Holy Spirit. And me too. I'm not I'm not a perfect person. I don't know everything about it or anything like that. Um but I think that there's there is a good bit for you to figure out still and i think if we if we keep doing what we're doing you're going to get there mm-hmm. and i think that it's very important for everyone to get there to understand the gift that god has given us in the holy spirit because the way, the way that we believe it it's trinity god three in one holy spirit jesus god and a piece of god however you believe it to be lives in us and that was the gift that God gave us from the death of his son, Jesus. And us not understanding that gift and not knowing that gift is a disservice to ourselves. And I feel disrespectful towards God. Because his whole thing was, I'm going to give you a piece of me now that everyone can have. And we just kind of ignore it. And that goes, that goes back to denominations, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think every denomination has, oh, you weren't here to code. Uh, last week I made a point that where I think every denomination has a tool. And if we would just take all of those tools and put them back in the same bucket, mm. we'd actually be able to yeah. build the house. Hmm. But we've taken all the tools where one church has a hammer, one church has a saw, and we can't get a house built because we're separating it. Mm. I think the tool that the Pentecostals have is being in touch with the Holy Spirit, being in touch mm. with that peace of God. And not, not all of them. Some people get it wrong. Some people get it right. But I think that there is a lot to be learned by different groups of people. And I think that when people lock themselves into one denomination their entire lives and they're like, well, no, every, every other denomination is wrong and I can only learn from the one that I go to, you aren't going to get very far. Yeah. You have to be willing to spread your wings and fly like a peacock. I'm a peacock captain. You got to let me fly. fly. Matt has no idea what that reference he is doesn't. from. <laughs> as soon as you said peacock the first time, I like look right at you. Um, but yeah, I, I just think God specifically lays it out in the New Testament and says, here is my spirit. Take it. There are tools and gifts that you can do with it and abilities that you can have that it 
talks about in the New Testament, talks about all these spiritual gifts and things that God lets you do. And 21st century church, we've pretty much ignored most of those gifts. But if I believe in the Bible and I believe that God sent the Bible to teach me things, why would I not believe the supernatural powers that it says that God gave me? And it it pretty much says in there, if you aren't working in the supernatural powers, you won't see them. You won't understand them. You won't get them. And it's not like God's, I mean, he did in the Old Testament, but it's not like you're going to be out here living a crappy life, going out, getting swifty every Tuesday night and just doing whatever you want. And God's just going to be like, hey, dude, you're now a prophet. He might, but odds are it's going to be a lot easier to hear the Holy Spirit's voice if you know what the Holy Spirit's voice sounds like. If you're not getting swifty. Don't be getting swifty on Tuesdays. Or any days. Yeah, sure. So, like, maybe... Maybe Thanksgiving. (laughs) So, I don't don't know what, like, monks believe and that kind of thing, but, like... Where do the monks come from? Well, what I'm saying is, like, people that, like, devote their entire lives to something... Maybe that's why we don't see that. Monks for Jesus Club. 100% anyone? agree. Yeah. They, they, I've looked into like Buddhist monks and stuff like that just a little bit. I don't know a lot. But the way that they meditate and do stuff like that, they sit there for days and on end mm-hmm. just in their mind. Yeah. They know themselves so much mm-hmm. that I think a piece of that that's just another one of those tools in my mind yeah if you can take that piece where you know your mind and you know the power that you have because you spent so much time in it if you apply that to the other things you become moses (laughs) like for lack of a better term it like i just feel like it's another tool meditation a lot of christians think meditation is a very taboo thing I don't There's at no all. way. I totally disagree with Jesus that. meditated. Yeah. Like, it's just, I remember as a kid, everyone talking about meditation and how it was bad. And we don't do meditation. That's not a Christian thing to do. And then the more that I learned about meditation, the more I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Why wouldn't we do this? Yeah. This is exactly what God teaches us to do. Prayer is meditation. Yeah. And I, I remember specifically one of our teachers telling me, Meditation is a way for evil spirits to get in your mind. You got to tell me who told you that when we're done. <laughs> I will. Um, if it, she, she was like, it, she, dang it. <laughs> uh, oh, well, that doesn't narrow it down. That's true. Every one of our teachers is a girl. Like, what, three guy teachers ever? And one of my dad. <laughs> um, but me- meditation was a way for evilness. Like You're inviting evil to come in. And then the more that I thought about it and when I grew up and I started th- like actually figuring things out for myself, I was like, that's not what meditation is at all. I can yeah. meditate on God. Prayer is meditation. Jesus went out into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights and meditated. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, you could meditate in that sense. I, Absol- I, I, you know what I absolutely. mean? Absolutely. You could, but like you're not just going to accidentally like try it out and like demonize yourself. Meditation isn't some Ouija board. I was going to say, you're not using a Ouija board. That's no, exactly what I was going to medi- say. Meditation at its simplest form is sitting and just thinking. 
That's all meditation is. Like, they were telling me that thinking is a way to invite evil spirits in. No, thinking is a way to grow. Thinking is a way to yeah. learn. And if, we, if we're not meditating on God, which for some reason, when I say meditate on the Lord, it clicks. And I feel like there might be a verse that actually specifically says that. There probably is. I don't know. Yeah, it's something just clicked in my head with that. But meditating on God is how you draw closer to God. It's how you learn what the Holy Spirit's voice sounds like. It's how you... Uh, there's a hair in my mouth. Um, it's how you grow. But I, I'm done with meditation. Huh. We we are at an hour seven. Do you have any closing thoughts? I, I mean, I, I think this Bible study in Exodus is fantastic. I, I love when we're reading the same thing and then come together and talk about what we're finding. Obviously, I'm a little bit farther behind you, but I'll get there. Don't you worry. How many How many books are in this or how many chapters are in this book? Oh, we're almost done. No way, there's 40, 40. right? Yeah. yeah, there's 40. I didn't realize that. So so when I'm done with Exodus, I think that I'm going to go somewhere. I might start. St- I feel like, I don't want to say I'm wasting my time in the Old Testament, but a lot of this is not applicable to today. Yeah. I think, But I think it's interesting to know. I I agree. It's there. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not not there for a reason. But I think mentally and knowledge-wise us doing this Exodus study and the Genesis study has made made me grow. Yeah. More than any of the other studies I've done. Um I don't know if that's because me and you were kind of doing it ourselves, not without like a authoritative figure telling me I have to go study this book, but I think eventually we should backtrack and go to uh Genesis Exodus Deuteronomy numbers Leviticus. Leviticus. Um, I think we should backtrack, go to Leviticus, um, and keep going book by book. But next, you were talking about you wanted to maybe do Revelation. You want to head to Revelation straight into it. He's yeah. ne- he's never done a Revelation study. I mean, oh. I, I mean, I mean, I. Uh, yeah. You, no. Have you ever have you ever read it front to back? No. Oh, good luck. It, yeah. It's fun. You thought Genesis and Exodus took you a while. <laughs> Revelation's half the size, and it's going to take you twice as long. Yeah, it's a it's a scary thing. But do, do you whack. think that's where we want to go next, or do you you still Maybe weighing we'll, your options? We'll see. We'll figure it out. I'd like to get to forty. Whatever you what the reason I never even started Exodus was because I was waiting for the next one because I figured you were going to want to go New Testament. That's what I'm waiting for. Okay. Thomas is too. Thomas yeah. was excited for New Testament stuff. Okay. Yeah, that's that's what I'm into. Okay. So for anyone that maybe is following along in our exodus study uh i don't know if anyone is i hope some people are but for anyone that is we're probably going to wrap it up here in the next couple weeks yeah so wrap yours up i'll have to i'll have to read pretty quickly here because i'm only on what 15 did i say yeah jeez man there's so much yeah, I'll get so that's much. why I like I was behind from the get go. I was like, I can't start now and never yeah. catch up. It's yeah. unbelievable. There's I'll, so much. I'll get there. Um, but if you're also studying along, wrap it up with us, and then we will move into the next book. But any closing? Nope, Dakota, close. Got any thoughts? Um, no, not necessarily. I just i I think. I think whenever we go on to the next one, I do want to try to, we can figure out a way to like make it organized so that like 
you know, people like that are listening along can like do it with us, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. Yeah. Okay. Read Exodus thirty four to forty. Talk to you next week. <laughs> Finish out. Uh, it really is not that long. It's just if you haven't read the rest of it, it's like two gonna, pages. Nothing's gonna click. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this has been the Comcast podcast. Follow us on Instagram at the Calm in Chaos Project. Period between all of those words. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Buenas noches. I just said that backwards. That was weird. <laughs>